It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is A View from the Bridge, official podcast of Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 28th of November, 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, X. Uh, you can also download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a lot more of your normal podcast providers. If you're watching us live on YouTube and you enjoy the show, click like and subscribe. Uh, likewise, if you listen, listen on Spotify or podcast, leave it, leave us a rating. We always like a little bit of feedback. We've had plenty of feedback in the last week. Uh, on this week's show, <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody says, uh, to paraphrase Mark Twain, on this week's show, to paraphrase Mark Twain, reports of our demise have been greatly exaggerated. As the Belfast Giants return to winning ways over the clan and the Panthers, we'll consider the action in a few minutes' time. Uh, Matt McLeod was on the scoreboard at the NIC with a lovely wraparound goal. <clears throat> box mm. he'll uh, he'll join us for a chat later on what's johnny box he'll been up to since retirement from the game let's remember some good times with the giants legend and, uh, we have an interview with petter check following his professional debut and uh, the new boy in town cameron pound spoke to simon fresh off the plane uh, we pay a visit to the clan on friday night before welcoming the steelers so we'll have uh, david grant of the three of three podcast on to talk to us about Sheffield. There's a bit of news and all sorts of other stuff. It's a packed show, Mr. Matt GMC. How are you? Terrible. What's up? Uh, this is not the forum for that discussion. Okay. <laughs> this is not the forum for that discussion. <laughs> I'm just slipping on I'm slipping on my boppies here. I was very only prepared, but there we go. On the says. <laughs> on the Simon. There we go. Simon, how are you? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm Grant. Um, been a busy start of the week, but yeah, ready to go. Absolutely. 
Right. Well, firstly, before we get to the games, there was widely considered to be new names expected on the roster, uh, given the way things have went and the injuries that the Belfast Giants have taken. And so it transpired with the arrival, first of Bobby McIntyre, 27-year-old left winger from Scarborough, Ontario, um, joins following a few seasons across Scandinavia. Um, and he began with an assist and a win on, on Saturday night. And you can catch up on a few interviews with him on our Twitter site, at AVFTB. He says you get to see him play and commentate on him. He looks the real deal. Yeah, he, again, I mean, he was he was running on fumes. Um, to be honest, the, the, the week he had, he was telling me, your garden, you know, getting there and getting the ring put in place for it. Uh, he had a busy start to the week. And, um, and then, you know, he, he flew over um, on Thursday morning, straightly ice ball, practice Thursday morning. Um, and then, you know, I think he sort of, I think he says he had like a short nap and then stayed awake until Thursday or late evening. And then he had to do a few bits and pieces on Friday morning. So a um, couple of long days for him for sure. Uh, but I thought he did really well. I thought he gave um, the line of himself and Nazarian and, and Sato a wee bit of a boost. And and obviously they came out and scored three goals on the night. And he got a couple of helpers. So, um, yeah, I thought he did really, really well. To be honest, I thought he, he looked a wee bit tired on Sunday, which we'll go on to talk about. Totally understandable. Um, but uh, I know he's got a couple of days off now, and uh, he'll be looking forward to getting ready to go this weekend. Bodies needed, Davey. Bodies, bodies recruited. Pretty much what Simon said there about uh, you know the newest guy in on Saturday night did a little bit of everything, brought a bit of physicality to that line as well. Um, and 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 code bring their speed and and their skills. And Bobby's in there. I wouldn't say necessarily just to be a bit of sandpaper, but he you know he threw hits, he made blocks, he blocked the puck, he. Helped keep it out at his own end, and he he, he fed the boys for for their goals as well. So it, it assists it, you know, did everything it says in the tin. What you're expecting from added that little bit of enthusiasm, that little bit of energy as the game went on. I think if we're going to we're going to talk about the game now, or we, we are. We, well, shall we get we, stuck into it? the Belfast? Let's get stuck in the game because it's worth talking about. Get stuck in this stats. Saturday night, the Belfast Giants took on the, the Glasgow Clan and got what was a badly needed win. Um, the Clan did open scoring with uh, Dyson Stevenson, uh, but then five unanswered goals from the home side: Quinn Preston, Aaron Azarian, Kohei Sato, uh, Mark Cooper, and Kohei Sato at the end in the last ten minutes. Rounded out the five goals. Tyler Beskarowani, 56 minutes in nets, 14 shots against, one goal against. He was replaced in the 56th minute by one Petr Cech, making his, much to the chagrin of seeming half of Elite League Twitter, but uh, making his professional ice hockey debut, uh, four minutes in, one shot against, no goals against. Jake Kiley, the other side, 45 shots against, five goals against. Stephen Matthews and Vitas Lukasovicius were your referees. Um, like I said, there's so much to talk about in this game. Davey, a sold-out uh, SSC Arena witnessed the Giants win. They began with, you know, a Giants win that began with friends sticking up for Charlie Curdy, centre ice against Dyson Stevenson. Yeah, and I'm going to throw up there's, uh, if I can, I'm going to throw up, there you go, there's a QR code if you want to join in again this week with the, the stats and stuff. Um, a funny I took a note out of, or a, a leaf out of Marty's Marty's book and made some notes on Saturday night when it was our Friday whatever night the game was. I made some notes and because the game's coming thick and fast, you can't remember everything. And I've got down here that for the sort of first five six minutes, it was a pretty sloppy game. weren't sure whether Simon referenced it on the uh, on the pod or on the webcast. Maybe the ice was a little bad. It had been covered for several days, you know, prior to the game. And um, there you go, Randy. I, I think um, there was a, a bit of a ladies hit on Curdy. 
big Jacob Friend yes. sticking up for his uh for his line mate going centre ice. Dyson Stevenson's a tough guy. Jacob Friend's every bit as tough, and the two of them trade blows at centre ice, give each other a tap, do what they have to do for their teammate. And that was great to see him sticking up for his teammate. As I think, who were you with um, first period Roche, wasn't it? And you, you, you talked about that. It's really good to see people sticking up for each other in this wee team. You know, things haven't been going great for the several weeks here. And it was hard to get going. It was 10, 15 minutes of two teams matching each other. What I liked about the Giants, especially through that first 20 minutes where passes weren't connecting and were just it was a wee bit sloppy, as we said earlier there, they stuck to the process. They were physical. We hit everything that moved in that first 10, 20 minutes. And, you know, we got ourselves into the game. Obviously, we came out, started the second period and conceded a... I'm not even going to say it was a soft goal, a bit of a fluke goal. And when those, when your luck's against you, you don't have that wee bit of puck luck and it just tips off, best goes stick and you're 1-0 down. And then I think we we kill a really big 5-on-3, 5-on-4, big massive penalty kill. And then we just tilt the ice from then on the rest of the game. I thought, um, if I if I can sure, I don't know whether I can. Let's see if I can. Should be sure. If I go sure screen, you tell me if you can see this. Because it'll just yep, come up on my screen. So the the XG for the game four point five eight to one, which is pretty much how the game panned out. Expected win eighty eight percent of the chance, but it's more the story of the game. If we go down to it here, fairly tight first period. Either way, not many chances, and then the clan score that that one puts them slightly. But the, you just see the Giants, the gap opening up. And I think the Giants for the whole game really deserved to come away with that big win that they ended up getting. Good to see Petr Cech getting. I'm not I'm not overly fond of the crowd chanting, we want Cech, because at the end of the day, we want Besco. Um, best player, MVP in this league, any given night. And uh, his game really came back to the fore again this weekend, Sunday especially, which we'll go on to. I thought probably for over 6,000 people in the arena, it was flat. It was one of those... Almost the team need the fans to do something to boost them. The fans need the team to do something to boost them. That kind of vicious circle of it was quite flat in the first period. You could hear individuals, you know, trying to start chants and stuff. Once the goal goes in and that little bit of pressure seemed to be relieved from the guys. And especially in the second one. It's the second one where Naz goes down the left wing and throws the old eyes. And goalie goes for the pass and he, he rips it, knocks a water bottle up in the air. And from then on, I think from that second goal went in, I'm not sure whether it's the third one's a really tremendous cycle. Three, four, five, six cycles down the bottom corner, pops out in front, and the Giants go ahead. There's Cole battling away, wins the first, wins the wins the physical battle here. And unfortunately for the big D man here, it comes in and just trying Steve. to just push it back between uh, I think it's actually the, the, the player on the far side of Stevenson. But you know, you get that's the wee bit of puck luck there that we didn't have on the best goal goal. And I think we we went on then. Prince goes coast to coast here and, and and Mark Cooper falling up and a lovely shot over the top of the glove there, just find the bottom corner. And from you know, from even before that, the, the result was already in the bag for me. I uh, says so 14 shots given up, um, which is you know really tight to have at home. And but as Davy says, you know, when when the clan get their first goal and they open it up, I guess we keep we had five unanswered. Given the the run that we've had over the last number of weeks, you can understand why the arena was maybe a little bit tense. Yeah, when you look at the, I watched the boys practice a couple of days last week, um, and the, what the ambiance, even just basically around the rink, about you know the attitude, when you know they just seemed to be really dialed in. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday last week, 
uh, and getting ready for the game on Saturday itself. I thought the 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 atmosphere in the room was a wee bit different. Obviously, Bobby coming in, you know, that made pick a few guys up. And um, you know, I, I thought Besco. Um, I was I was getting when you watched that goal, um, Davy mentioned there, you know, maybe a bit of fluke goal and. You know, it was a messy play on the corner by the defence and on the, the centerman coming down. It should have been dealt with better. Besco sort of just has a wee look to his right to save his anybody, you know, about the front of the net in just case and does pop out front and it hits a heel of a stick and goes inside. After that, I thought Besco was absolutely brilliant all weekend. Um, he was really, really good. They had a couple of big chances. That five on three in the um in the was it the second period? Um, that five on three kill was absolutely huge. Uh, and then that gave us a wee bit of momentum, uh, you know, a couple of really big goals. Obviously, you know, you get the first one off and running. Um, what an unbelievable finish. If you watch it again back, the play that the little bit of cycling in the corner, Quinn Preston steps out, he kicks the puck from his left foot, which is his inside foot when he's going around to his left. It's, it's a difficult skill to do. But when he kicks it from his from his skate to the stick and then goes top shelf, and then a few minutes later, Nazarian, again, Bobby McIntyre does the hard work along the wall, feeds him a great pass. And we talk about, you know, footballers giving the goalie the eyes. He did exactly the same to Jake Kiley. Went top shelf. Um, Koei Sato, Davey mentioned it again, you know, the cycling in the corner. It was just a really, really, really good play um, for, you know, the whole second period. I thought we were absolutely excellent, apart from the first 16 seconds. Uh, when you switch off and you get punished by like that, you're, you're and you're in a bad run of form, do you know what? We we could have basically sank. We could have literally just went the other way, but we didn't. I'm really glad with the with the way the attitude basically picked up. And Adam mentioned it in his interviews after the game that he, he was basically happy with the attitude. He was happy with the way we reacted to it. Um and uh and you know, coming back to get that five one win against Glasgow was really, really good. Obviously, you know, one of the big talking points of the night was Petr Cech. Um, you know, Besco took a, a shot to the yeah. Okay. Um. And um. He was he was in quite a bit of discomfort. So I don't know what what happened on Saturday night to make sure it was okay for Sunday, which was brilliant. Um. Because let's Path. be honest, you, yeah, you want does uh, an amazing job. Yeah. Okay. Um. Give me a wee rub. Davies Davies touched on already. Best was the best goalie in the league. Um. For the last few years, you want him playing. Um. But it was really really good to get that opportunity for Petr Cech to get a few minutes ice time. However, again, at the, at the expense of, of an injured goalie, which, you know, is a, is a difficult one. You, you don't want – I, I was really nervous when I seen uh, Besko going off the ice. But my my take on that is, and I, I, we've got the we got the post game interviews coming up, and the interview with Petr Cech coming in just a moment. But my take on it was, especially the way that there was a reaction. You know, you're going to get a reaction. He had adored, never ignored. But you're always going to get a reaction, no matter what the Belfast Giants do. However. It's all a big finger pointing and PR stunt this and PR stunt that. Petr Cech has Petr Cech has been on the bench for for three, well, four full games now. There is a potential, unfortunately, in this league that any any goalkeeper could take an injury. If if Petr Cech wasn't there to take over, he wouldn't be there. So therefore, you know, we saw that Jackson Whistle has had to dip out. We've had an injury to, to um, Andrew Dixon. We could have had a potential injury to uh, Tyler Besker one. He had any point over the last four games, and Petr Cech would have to step in. That's a decision made by the uh, organization. 
you can say it's a PR decision. There is a level of PR involved in it. He's a high-profile sportsman who, and, and you've seen in the last number of days, the amount of exposure that, that his debut on Saturday night has gained from Twitter accounts right across the world, never mind just you know in the elite league. So, you know, yes, the Belfast Giants, the league, have got some really fantastic exposure from this. Yet, Petr Cech has been on the bench for four games. He could have been called on. He could have been needed at any point. This wasn't some sort of joke. No, absolutely not. And Look, again, you know, yes, David, go ahead. If I can go first on, on this, it, because the, the sort of the narrative that it's a PR stunt has really got under my skin a little bit, because... I'm telling you now, Adam Keith doesn't deal in PR stuff. He doesn't care about PR. He tries to get the best team that he can put out in a Belfast Giants uniform any given night. And I can't remember if it's Kiefer or whether it's Petter references in their in their uh, interview, how it came about. Down in Guildford the other week, got chatting to Adam, and I'm assuming the conversation went something like, we're in the SH1T here, Petter. And he's going, I know here, well, I'm, you know, I could probably come and help out kind of thing. And, yeah, let's get it done. How many NIHL goalies, the young Brits that were being accused of ignoring, can, at the drop of a hat, move to Belfast for an indeterminate, probably two weeks amount of time, give their slot up on their team on the... All you're going to Belfast here is for two weeks training. You're not getting a permanent post because Jackson Whistle will be back, Andrew Dixon will be back. So it's a bit of a... It's a stopgap emergency post. You'll probably not get any ice time at all. Petter wasn't supposed to get ice time, I would assume. You know, Besco doesn't take that in the goodies. You know, Petter's not getting game time. Just happened that it was a couple of minutes to go. Unfortunately, Besco had to take that nasty one to the box. And, like, this is not a PR. Yes, there has been great, great PR for, for the league. But we don't really need PR anymore. You know, we're filling this building night in, night out. We'll win every trophy going. We don't need the PR. But brilliant for Petter to come in and be now have clean sheets in two elite sports. You know, 203 clean sheets combined between his football and his hockey career. Absolutely phenomenal and all credit to him. Let's get the let's get the post game from the coaches. Yeah, I think we lost our focus to start it uh, with the, the time clock there. Um, probably a momentum changer in their favour, but I mean, it's just not enough. I thought we, we played 20 minutes. The first was okay, and um, but costly turnovers. They capitalize. We're not uh, we're not getting the saves when we need them, and we quit again on our goalie. Um, it's unacceptable. And then they embarrass us at the end, putting an emergency backup in, and it's uh, we definitely got to look ourselves in the mirror. Is it uh, is it the moment uh, consistency? Is that the the issue at the moment? I mean, you obviously you had a big win in Sheffield. You go midweek at Guildford. This is obviously a tough building to come into, but the Giants have been a little out of form uh, lately. Did you see tonight as an opportunity to try and capitalise on that? Yeah, definitely to start. I mean, we we came in tonight knowing they were going to make a huge push here at home. They've been on the road here for a bit and losing six of their last seven, so we knew they were going to be ready. And uh, I thought we handled it great in the first. Then uh, the game got away. Once we, you know, we don't capitalize on that five-on-three kind of momentum shift, and the game's sixty minutes. You got to stay dialed in for sixty, and we didn't. Adam, it's been a difficult couple of weeks. Um, yeah, six losses from seven games coming into tonight's game against the Glasgow clan. You must have been very happy with the response. Uh, not the first period. I thought the first period was kind of sloppy. Uh, we weren't terrible, but sloppy. You know, we didn't look like ourselves again. It didn't look like we were connected. 
Um, then they get one at the start of the second there, kind of a lucky one, and those are the things that happen um, when you're when you're in a slump. And uh, I thought that we got one back, kind of give us a bit of life, then we had to kill the five on three, and you know that one could have went the other way and changed the entire game. But you know we had a real character kill there, some big blocks by our captain. Uh, other guys stepped up, and I thought from that standpoint, uh, from that point on, everybody kind of forgot that we were in a slump. You know, and it looked like that. You know, after that kill, um, we took the game over and we looked a lot more like ourselves. And you know, sometimes this game can be mental. And uh, I thought that that penalty kill in particular got the bench excited, and everybody for a moment forgot that we were in a slump. And, and that's what we needed. You talk about emotional engagement, big hit in the first period on Charlie Curdy. His line mate and defensive partner stepped up and. Uh, and stood up for him as well. He must have been happy with the reaction from Jacob Friend. Yeah, I thought Fernie had a great game. Um, and he was showing some real fight in his game, not just because he had a fight, but also just a bit of passion and understanding of the circumstance. Tomorrow, uh, it's going to be a big game. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about the other part of it. Besco taking that hit, um, and the, uh, well, it looked like he was hurt. Um, what's the situation with Tyler Besco and heading into tomorrow? Well, we'll have to see how he feels tomorrow, but uh, obviously icing it down there, and um, hopefully he's all right. Uh, you know, it, right, we're in a standpoint right now where adversity is hitting us from the injury standpoint, and uh, we also lost uh, Miles Gendron tonight. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, there's no Calvary coming in. We need to next man up mentality and get on with it tomorrow. And uh, that's what we asked from the players after the game was uh, we got to reset. Uh, we'll see where we're at lineup wise tomorrow. Everybody kind of rest up, ice up and get ready to go again tomorrow because it's going to be an emotional one in Nottingham. Uh, we need to be prepared for it, but we also need to approach it like a uh, like a business game. You know, we need to go in there with a business mindset that we need to get the job done. Obviously, with Basco going off the ice, we had to use um, a goalie on the bench, um, and uh, what a, a renovation that uh, Petrček got coming on. Because you know he's had a tough couple of weeks facing shots from guys that you know he, he doesn't normally face, um, but uh, coming into the game and, and doing what he had to do. Yeah, you know what? He's been a real inspiration for uh, I think our group. You know, uh, at his age and what he's accomplished in his football career, success-wise, uh, injury-wise, and what he's overcome. You know, to come here at his age, you know, and be a part of our training week uh, at the Dundonald Ice Bowl and battle with the guys and help us get back on track. Um, you know, when we see Besco was, was down, that Petter uh, may have to go in. That you know, no fear in that. You know, he's been solid all week in practice, all week last week, and you know, he's a competitor. You know, when he gets to that moment, uh, you know that he's going to do well, and that's what made him successful in his football career. And um, he's been a huge help to us. Um, if I'm right in saying you're actually younger than him, is there any chance of you putting the skates back on? <laughs> at this stage, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to it. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Well done tonight. Cheers. Thanks to the guys. Simon, one point before you from you before we go to Petter Check and the interview we have. Yeah, obviously, but the uh, we the interview I did with Petter after the game on Saturday night was a little bit long for Twitter, so I know we're going to put it out tonight. But just listen to what he's saying. It's all about the team. He's only with us a few weeks, but it's all about the team. Doesn't want to talk about himself. Wants to talk about how, how you know how good it is to basically get out there and, and help his teammates and and basically, you know, it's all about getting the win for the team. 
that's the bit that's impressed me most about the attitude that's come in from Peter Cech. And, and I've, got, I've been lucky enough to, to spend a bit of time with him over the last couple of weeks and when he was here for the Ukraine game. Um, but it's it's not about the individual. It's about the team. Did you tell him about how much you enjoyed him winning the FA Cup with Arsenal? Or? Show video. Peter Cech. Peter, um, 5-1 victory for the Giants tonight. You had a, a bird's eye view um, in front of a sold out arena. Uh, what was your thoughts on the game? I think there was a you know difficult start for us because we wanted to start well. We wanted to go ahead from the get go, but um, you know then uh, then once we got uh, one 0 down, the the team really started working together well, and and then uh, as soon as we unlocked it and, and scored the first goal, you could you could see the you know the the guys were you know buzzing from it, and and that was obviously a big. Um, PK where we killed the five on three and then they helped everybody as well and then you know once we got ahead I think the team played really well and we could have scored uh, many more goals. Obviously the first period, um, big fight at centre ice again, what a few you have would have had of that as well. Uh, great for sure for Jacob Friend standing up for Charlie Curry. Yeah of course I think that's that's what it is you know you have uh, all, you know everybody in the room who needs to you know fight for the team and then obviously he's done it he's done it again and and um, you know, and I think when you see when you see uh, people doing it for for each other, then obviously you know you are on a good way. And especially in the, when the last weekend didn't go well, uh, then you you know you want to go back home in the home arena and on the home ice, and and, and you want to win. And I think today uh, you know we deserved it, and and it was a great response uh, you know to find even the way to uh, to the fact that we went one 0 down. You've played some huge games in football. Um, you know, Champions League final winner, uh, you played in the World Cup right up to the semi-final, I think it was. Um, FA Cup, uh, Premier League titles. Were your knees and uh, legs doing a little bit of shaking as you're, when you seen uh, Tyler Beskwani take that knock? Well, I have to say, that, you know, that's what, uh, what I was here for. So basically, I've been preparing last two weeks for for any moment if I if I had to help and, and, and get on. So. It obviously helped me having been here for uh, for two weeks, and and get, I got to know the the team, the you know the, the uh, everybody around, and as well my experience from playing big games obviously helped me to to get on. But it's never ideal when you go uh, that late in the game, uh, having uh, having been standing on the on the on the bench for so long. So when I was skating <laughs> in, I actually felt my legs were. Were kind of uh, stiff from uh, opening the, you know, the, the bench door. But, yeah. but as I said, you know, I really enjoy that. It's a special moment for me, so I enjoyed it, and um, you know, I, I lived every second of it. It was brilliant. You, we talked when I first met you in the, for the Ukraine game. You talked that hockey was your first love. Me right? right all the way back as a child, um, and now you've got the experience in a professional team in front of a sold out arena. Um, I mean, what a moment that is for you. Oh, it's a it's amazing moment I will treasure forever because you know it's the first start and as well it's it's an elite league in a different sport than I used to play as as a professional so you know it's that's a long way it, it's been a long way uh, from where I started so I'm obviously delighted with that but I, I would say overall uh, 
I'm the most delighted about the win because the way we played, the way we won the game, it's at this moment is the most important thing. I spoke to our statistician, uh, club statistician, and uh, you're now number one in save percentage um, overall ever in all time Belfast Giants goal-telling history. Um, so there's a question that we will use um, in our next pub quiz. Oh well, you can you can definitely have a, like a rarity in there of having someone like me uh, start, you know, the start for for the Giants. And, and as I said, you know, it was nice to to get, uh, you know, to make the save as well that, uh, you know, I would be, it would, it would be really bitter if I, if I went in and, and, and let one in. So it was good. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Remarkable crack that, uh, you know, there's a, a man who we've all watched, we've all watched play football, we've all revered. And as you say, you, you mentioned the games there that he's played in from a, from a football point of view of you know, World Cups, Champions Leagues, FA Cups, Premier Leagues. And there he is taking the ice for our very own Belfast Giants. Wonderful, wonderful interview. And, and big thanks to Peter Check for agreeing to do it. And thanks for getting that, Sis. Um, we just, on, just on one thing, Sis, Sis was talking on the webcast about it and going, you know, I wonder just first professional game, I wonder is there a wee bit of jelly in the legs or whatever, you know? I genuinely says don't think I think he's just that prepared for that. He probably wasn't. You know, it'd be a big deal to someone who maybe hasn't played at that level before, but you know, even just the way he spoke afterwards, it didn't seem that it was phasing him at all. He was expecting almost like the old, you know, he was almost expecting at some stage over the month, whether it happened or not, he was ready. If it happened, he was ready to go. So I said you know, you can see the professionalism just pouring out of it. It, uh, Lovely interview, well done, mate. Yeah, it was. It was literally. I mean, when I when I, was, I, I said to him, because again, look, we, I know that everybody wanted to talk to him, um, and obviously, but Nigel was talking to him for BBC, uh, UTV were speaking to him the day before, and we've sort of just stayed out of his way because he must get tortured all the time yeah. from people wanting to speak to him. And it's not something we wanted to do, but it was literally, it was after the game and, and I just sort of, I was standing at the tunnel, he'd had some food and we're just sitting chatting away. And I said, Peter, can I grab an interview for the podcast? And he says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No problem at all. And he said, I listen to the podcast all the time. Um, and uh, he came in, grabbed the chat. Long time uh, subscriber. How's David? And um, and he he couldn't be nicer. He's just the nicest guy. There's no words and graces about him at all. And um, and you know what? Even even on Saturday morning, when went into the locker room Saturday morning um, for the uh, actually no Saturday before the game, and he was chirping longer about haircuts. Um, so you know, once you hear that, all the time, I mean, can you imagine some of the dressing rooms that he's been in with some of the characters he's played with throughout his whole career playing football, and some of the chirping the way they've come across. I tell you, he was just absolutely brilliant for the room, and uh, something that you know what? Even it was it was funny. Koei Sato hadn't got a clue who he was, not a clue. And then Adam basically showed a video. There was he wasn't on his own now. There was a couple of other of the younger guys in the room who didn't know what he was. And then Adam showed a video um, one day at the tail end of last week um, of some of the things that he's done. And they're all just sort of, apparently everybody sort of just started turning around to look at him in the dressing room and going, <laughs> and they just didn't realize that art, and this is this is something that the football um, podcast I'm sure have talked about down the years. They just don't realize that he's sitting with a living legend. The guy is, is up there arguably as one of the top three goalkeepers that ever been. So 
we're just yeah. very very lucky to be able to get him on ABF TV. Did anybody ask? Did anybody ask about the scrum cap? No mention of Stephen Hunt. Nothing. No, I didn't hear anybody ask about it. No. Oh, so the early videos you didn't have one. But yeah, but that's another thing you threw in the fact that he went through that and everything that happened after the incident with Stephen Hunt and and you know the, 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 a, a cracked skull and he yeah. came back to still be one of the top goalkeepers in the world and here he is playing for the Belfast Giants. Wonderful. The um, let's crack on because we've got a man waiting in the wings. We're going to bring him in now. We will talk about the Nottingham Panthers game once we've talked to our next guest. But um, we're delighted to be joined now by a man who came in midway through last season, made a hell of an impact in the Belfast Giants locker room. So much so that we invited him back for another season. Please welcome back to the View from the Bridge, Matt McLeod. How are you doing, mate? What's up, boys? Good to be back on the pod. Missed you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> did you know who Petr Cech was? Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Legend, though. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was crazy. Like, like I... Like, I just heard Kitchy talking about the video and stuff that we were watching the locker room, and it was it was true. Like we we all got to, you know, some of us didn't really know the full scope of his career and what he had accomplished, and being able to see that all together uh, with him in the room was really cool. And then, I mean, after he got in the game and the news broke, and just people like from I haven't heard from in a long time were, you know, messaging me on social media like. This, why is Peter check your goalie? Like is, uh, this guy, is this guy really playing in net for you and stuff? So it was, uh, it was really cool just to see the impact it had on, you know, the larger hockey community and even like the larger, my larger social community too, just recognizing what we were doing here. Matty, what, what was he like in the room? And then obviously he'll end last week um, and the week before and obviously the games as well. What was it? What's he been like in the room with you? Uh, I mean, he's just, he's just one of the guys, it seems like. He just wants to come in and, um, you know, be one of us. He doesn't want to stick out too much. Um, he wants to, you know, come in, you know, hang around, shoot the shit, tell some stories, um, and, you know, joke around. And he's he's been great. Like, it's whenever you, you look at him, he's got, got another funny thing to say. Um, and so, you know, just can't thank him enough for coming out, coming out with us and helping us out. And Sis says, what's he like in the room? What's he like between the pipes? he's 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 got his game he's got game i think uh a few more weeks of dundonald then you know <laughs> the best goal went for his money what um so let bring it bring it back to the weekend Matty. The, the you look at uh the run that we've been on and the the, the losses that we took how much of a confidence booster is it to get back in winning ways this weekend yeah, I mean, w- winning is fun. Um, it's it's not fun to lose. Um, it's it sucks, and obviously we we're trying to do everything we could to to get out of that slump. Um, and I think you know we had a really good week of practice last week. Um, you know, just bringing it back to what we know how to do. And then um, you know, I think what really changed for us was you know second period in, against Glasgow, and we, we had that kill. Um, and everyone's been saying, Akira's been saying, you know, we kind of forgot about that we were in a slump and we, we got right right back to our game. And, you know, you could you could feel it um, on the ice. We just started making better plays, better passes. We got our confidence back. Um, and, you know, it's it was huge to just be able to get back to winning. It's fun. Um, it's fun to deal with this group. We got a great group of guys. Um, so, yeah, I hope we just keep that going. How much of it is confidence? Because obviously we know that we know that the guys in the locker room, we know that you guys have the ability. We've seen it early in the season. We've seen it through the CHL. 
And then we go on what is basically a bit of a skid. How much of that is confidence, is finding the confidence not to squeeze your stick so tightly? Yeah, 100%. I mean, confidence is all about, you know, what what you've done um, recently. You got you to gotta keep that confidence. You got to earn your confidence. Um, and so I think what we were trying to get back to was earning our confidence by doing the simple things right. Um, you know, we did a lot of, you know, one-on-one battles this week. Um, just kind of got back to not thinking about, you know, making that extra play too much, just doing the simple things right. And then once we did the simple things right, the rest would take care of itself and we could start making, you know, our skilled plays that we have the people in the room to make those plays. We talked about that earlier in the show there, Matt. Just the first 20 minutes of the game, maybe the ice wasn't great from the the previous couple of nights. And we just, we sort of grinded through that and even through the five on three and the penalty kill and stuff. And then the skilled plays took over. We Obviously, the lines got shuffled up a wee bit as well. So, you know, a little few new combinations for people and seemed to hit the ground running okay. Yeah, no, it, uh, it seemed to, to click there after a bit. Um, I mean, you, you can, it, like, you could feel like how we just started making, making those plays. Like, and when we start kind of getting sustained ozone pressure against teams, um, you see us all kind of working as a five-man unit um you know rolling high making plays at the blue line sending it back down low you know as soon as glasgow gets out of their zone they're throwing it back to us they're changing all five guys we go right back in um have another shift in there um so that's really how we we need to take over games is just you know use our skills to get in their zone and sustain ozone pressure and then really take it to them and use our skills so i think we really started to do that again um like we can in the second half of that game, and it and it showed in the score sheet. Matty, you've had two days off for the first time this season, two days in a row, um, and you know a lot of people don't really realize that you know you have a lot of up and coming games. So fourteen games we've got in December now. Um, you know they're coming thick and fast, coming into towards Christmas. It really is, and those two days, uh, literally just relaxing and, and taking it easy because. You played a lot of hockey already this season. Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. I definitely was able to take it easy the last two days. I was up at uh, Galgorm, uh, the spa. <laughs> so uh, my girlfriend's in town right now. So we had a nice couple days um, up there, feeling very relaxed. Um, definitely recommend that to anyone who, who hasn't <laughs> been yet. Holy cow! Uh, what a spot they got there. But uh, yeah, then get up to the north coast for a bit just to do some sightseeing with her. Um, it's nice to just get away from the rink for a bit and not think about hockey um, and just kind of also experience kind of the other things that this great country has to offer. Um, like it's awesome just to be able to get up there for, for a little bit, even during the day and see how beautiful it is up there on the coast, catch the sunset. Um, so that was pretty awesome. And yeah, now we can all go back into the rink tomorrow and then Donald and be excited to get back on the ice and hit the ground run for this next string of games. Talk us through your goal from Sunday. Um, I mean, obviously, mm. you're, you're taking two minutes in the penalty box. You're an animal. Um, <laughs> and you come out and you, and you get the wheels going. Um, I mean, in all fairness, there's not very many people can catch it. But talk us through when you're picking that puck up just in your own zone, in your own defensive end. Yeah, I mean, first penalty of the year, I think. I, I definitely am an animal. <laughs> first two minutes. Uh <laughs> It was actually kind of nice to get that. It needed to get the goose egg off the the penalty minutes thing, I think. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was watching the we, boys had a great kill, and then I, I noticed that like the Nottingham power play had been out there for a while. Um, saw we had control of the puck and just kind of got my three crossovers going. Um, that's the way I usually like to build the speed is with, with a few crossovers. Um, and I saw they were pretty gassed, so I was just like, all right, I'm gonna take this, take this deep. Um, and you know, I beat the defenseman wide, and then I kind of saw that their goalie wasn't really engaged uh, too much on the play. And I'm like, could I just wrap this one right around? And it all happened pretty quick, but I just kind of took the puck to the net and I'm like, I'm putting this, put, putting this puck on net. And luckily it went through his legs um, and, you know, just happy to get that goal and uh, get us, get us in the lead there and set us up for the, for the W. Funny that leads to sort of leads to a question we just got in there from from Thomas McDade. And when did you first realize you were a fast skater playing hockey? <laughs> uh, I mean, I kind of always was was pretty good skater. Um, that was one of the things my my dad emphasized as a as a kid, and also had my two younger brothers that I was always you know running or chasing around or running away from, trying to show them that I was faster. So. Um, I think that just competitiveness and then my dad also putting that emphasis on it um, really set me up uh, to have a good stride. And uh, then my mom, also the good genes, good fast twitch muscles <laughs> out of her. She's a great athlete too. So that set me up well. Well, and this naturally comes on to the next question from Alan Brett. You're Kohei Sato. Who's the fastest? Yeah, everyone likes to ask this question. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> there must have been some sort of race in training. Come on. Yeah, they're trying to pit us against each other. I don't like it. Me and Sats are, are the best of friends. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll set, uh, settle it on the ice at the end of the year uh, after all is said and done. <laughs> and uh, who's the fastest between you and your brothers? Oh, me for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that would, that's, 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 that's a given. Yeah, that's settled. That's settled there. <laughs> um. Obviously, this weekend we're back in action. We got Clan on at home, sorry, but then it's the visit. Sorry, Clan away on Friday, and then the visit of the Sheffield Steelers. Now it's only a couple of weeks ago that uh, things didn't go so well over in South Yorkshire. How's the preparation going for this weekend? Uh, yeah, no, it's exciting. I mean, we got to get a couple of days off, um, so we're back to practice tomorrow. Um, two days of work here and then right back into the weekend. Um, I think we just want to continue to build off what we got back into last weekend and feeling good about ourselves, feeling confident um, and, you know, kind of keep that same formula and then hopefully we can uh, give it back to uh, Sheffield this weekend. Yes, that would be absolutely great. I'm going to take one more question here, Matty, from the comments section. People are watching in. Now, I don't know what your music tastes are, but here's the question. Who influenced your great taste in music? What is your taste in music and why is it so great? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, I was just buffering. Oh, who influenced your great taste in music? <laughs> uh, I, I'm a big classic rock guy. And I mean, that was my dad in the car kind of growing up. Um, always having that on, uh, the classic radio up in canada so um definitely that and then uh yeah i mean the fans must love my tunes i've been twice on the, uh on the warm-up tunes so far this year i think i'm the first one to have two uh two appearances on that so i'll keep them coming you guys like them <laughs> absolutely well why not well listen mate, we really do appreciate your time uh great goal on sunday keep it up and um we'll, we'll catch up with you down the stretch
Go fund me, go fund me for um, <laughs> some Wi-Fi. For I said a go fund me up page up there. Get him decent. for his time. We really do yes. appreciate it. And uh, you know, we, let's let's have, let's um, actually take on that game that he that he was part of. Um, the game against the Nottingham Panthers that took place on uh, on Sunday. Uh, let me just bring up the statistics here. Um, but actually, before I do, um, no, no, let's go through the stats. Nottingham got two goals, uh, Rajcek and Hembrandt. Belfast Giants with four goals. Uh, Tedesco, the, the man we just spoken with, Matt McLeod, Sato in the empty net, and Aaron Nazarian also in the empty net. With regards to uh, goalies, Tyler Beskarowani, well, Tyler Beskarowani back in that's 29 shots on two goals against on the other side, Rokstanovic. So, uh, 26 shots against, two goals against. The Souls were the referees, Liam and Joe. This was Nottingham's return to the EIHL action following almost a month due to the tra- tragedy in Sheffield that took the life of Adam Johnson. Um, so want to start by paying tribute to Omar Pasha and all of his organisation for how they've dealt with the last number of weeks. It's understandable that the Panthers fans have voiced their pride in, in the team and an organisation uh, that we've also paid tribute to in the last few weeks. It's good to see them back in action. But while I say that, it's also good to see us take the win. This game, Simon, opened with two early goals. Yeah, um, I mean, again, Barry, it was a, 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 it was it's been a tough month for the Panthers. Make no mistake about that. But you know, with the, with trying to, we're there for a win, and that that's exactly what we're in the time to do. So um, it was great to come out with a win. It, it, it must have been a tough building to go into. Um, I know that Adam was talking to the boys and make sure they're going to be prepared and. And they obviously were, you know, we got a little bit of luck. Uh, what it's been going against us the last few weeks, but we get, we get that little bit of luck um, in the first uh, period. Like the opening thirty seconds, and Tedesco uh, finishes off the the uh, um, bottom corner past um, the goaltender Rocket or uh, Stojanovic. But then we cough one up, and we've been doing that in the last while with you know giving up early goals and periods. We did it on Saturday against the Clan. Um, obviously, we did it on Sunday again against. Uh, Nottingham, but it's it's all about the reaction. I thought we we there's long periods of play that we sort of dominated with more shots than them, with more great A's than them. But I thought the Panthers actually did okay. I mean, I see a lot of people um, posting you know, we the Belfast struggled against a, a Panthers team that haven't played for a month. So what? It, it doesn't that don't you not see that in the history books? It comes out and says four two and four goals to us and two goals to them. So I don't really care about all that nonsense. Um, you know, we haven't been playing well, it's no secret. Uh, but again, Besco was brilliant on Sunday. Um, he was sort of you know, he was back to his best. He's been he's having a few challenges over the last few weeks. Um, and he's don't forget, he's playing a lot of games. Um, and obviously, with Jack uh, Jackson and and Deco being both out, um, he, it's it's the load's been left on him. And and you know, coming out after taking the knock on Saturday night, it, it, it could have been a tough, tough afternoon for him. I thought he was really, really good defensively. I thought we were sound, um, and we we took our chances when they came along. Nottingham's not going to be an easy building to go into this year after what they've been through. So uh, to get the the two points on the board um, at the first time round of being Nottingham this year, I know Adam's absolutely delighted with that. Um, it's been a few weeks now since we've had a four point weekend, and that was the most successful thing for us uh, this weekend. Four points, we did what we had to do. And we didn't play well. That's the bit for me that 
we're in a good spot because we will start to play well again. I said this last week. I didn't probably say it, word it the way, right way, but I said this last week. <laughs> we're going to be all right. You know, if don't, you know, if don't start panicking. If we're only eight or nine games left before the end of the season and we're, you know, six points behind, I'm still not panicking. I still think we've got a real chance of doing this. And again, after last week and and, and putting the four points on the board from that weekend, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good the way things are going because, again, it, there's a long, long, long way left in this season. Davey, you've put, for those watching on, you've paused the action at this moment. Why? Yeah, look, this is this is Besko's first shot of the game. It's the first shot against us. It's the first minute of the game. We've gone down and scored after whatever, 30 seconds. That really high-intensity four-check that we played at actually Matty McLeod, who we've just had on, goes to close down. It's off the toe of escape. It falls to Tedesco in the slot, puts it away, puts us 1-0 up. And this is the next shift. And yes, they work it well in the slot, and we sort of collapse in around Besko, but... That's his first shot of the game. You can't see it. You can't save it sometimes. So, unfortunately for us, that gives them an end in the game. Actually, don't disagree with Kitsy that it wasn't our greatest performance. I thought for 40 minutes we were, we were the best team. And I think overall, in terms of statistics statistics and all, we were, were worth the worth, worth the two points. And you go into the the Ice Arena after they've been away off the ice for a month or whatever. They come back with a highly charged emotional game. To just come out there with two points, it doesn't matter. That, that was just about going in there. Really short body. We lost Gino or Miles Gendron again on Saturday night. Besco probably playing a little bit banged up from obviously that, that nasty injury. He took five minutes to go in the, in the game previous. And there's a guy there who had one of his best games in, I was going to say in Taylor, obviously wearing white. Quinn Preston I thought was absolutely superb on, uh, on Sunday. But listen, the Giants did what they had to do to go into a difficult building to win and as saying an emotionally charged game. Obviously, Matty McLeod's breakaway when he comes out of serving the penalty come up in a wee minute. Um, and then we, we get the empty net goal and we concede straight away in the next shift, which just gives them that little bit of life going in to pull the goalie. I think the goalie was pulled three times. We scored twice, they scored once. They old panic tactics, but Aaron Nazarian coming away with the, the, the second empty netter on the night for us to, to clinch what was a still maintain a well-deserved victory if i i'll jump over here patty to my other page here see if i can share don't know if i can we'll do the story of the game again if i go share screen panthers game tell me if it comes up it's up and we'll scroll down to tracking and we'll go to the story of the game see what the stats said the stat there you go a narrow win for the giants not what it was what it was and it was four two but it's a one goal game with an empty netter at the end Three, three, two, and that's what it ultimately ended up being. Well, I shot them the high danger shots, um, you know, vastly I chanced them on, on great airs. And you can see the story of the game there. It's just a chance the whole way through, just ever so slightly ahead, tight in the second period, and then, and then we step away and the and the good enough victory. If I, I don't know whether I can put across the third period there, where we just at the end of the game we just walk away from them and, and come away with the two points. But like for me. A well-deserved win in what was always going to be a difficult first game back for them. And, uh, you know, four-point weekend's a four-point weekend at the end of the day. And they've been in short supply over the last month. Back on the horse this weekend again. Never take them for granted. Never take a four-point weekend for granted. Take nothing for granted, man. Absolutely. We've said this right through the good times we were set up, Paddy. Don't take these good times for granted because they're a base slump. And tell you what. There was a worse slump last November. Nobody's mentioning it. I think I put the stats on for you guys, whatever it was. I think we're six and four in November this year. We were seven and three last year, or three and seven, four and six this year. And then we kicked on. 
So, you know, a few bodies get changed. What we need is these guys that are hurt to be back. When we need we need bodies at the minute. That's and that's one of the points in the game as well is the fact that Belfast Giants were playing so short. Let's get the uh, let's get the, the coaches' views. Yes, um, you know it was it was a difficult one for sure. Um, I thought our guys did a good job. You know, a couple of weeks ago or last three weeks, we've been finding ways to lose those games, and, and tonight we found a way to win, and that was important. You know, say, you know. Down, down a body from yesterday, and already light, light body. The guys found a way tonight, and it was nice to see. There were some real big efforts there. I thought Besco was great. Um, some big block shots there at the end when we were under under siege there from Nottingham on the big pushback. But uh, overall, pretty solid hockey game on the road here, and a you know, four point weekend. You know, those haven't been coming around for us, so we're obviously really happy. Yeah, um, the identity is here, so nothing to complain with that. Uh, that gives us the first tone on the foundation where we basically reset and now we know certain things where we have to work on and that will come with more game, like step by step. Um, the effort was good from the, all the teams, so yeah, uh, just start from there. The highlights from that game are available from uh, Panthers TV on YouTube. The highlights from Saturday's game are available from Giants TV, of course. Um, right, that's better. We've got a man waiting in the wings. Uh, a man who uh, had a good chat with Simon Kitchen just the other week uh, over in North America. And uh, one of our favourite people here on A View from the Bridge. And we'd like to catch up and find out what he's at. The last time he was on this show, he was in beautiful Las Vegas with the sun shining behind him. Where in the world are you, Jonathan Boxhill? I'm in Springfield, Massachusetts, in Alyssa's childhood bedroom. So <laughs> not definitely not definitely not Vegas. I can assure you. Vegas. Turn, turn, turn your phone to the east and then we'll yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, there we go. Um, yeah, so I've been, been here for uh, been here for Thanksgiving and then we're heading back to Boston tomorrow. So uh, not in Vegas, unfortunately. <laughs> so one of the questions I want to ask, obviously, we'll, we'll come to like the, the last few weeks and whatever. But one of the questions I want to ask is do you miss the game? Mm. Yeah, no, it's um, there are definitely aspects of the game, and and it's interesting, right? When I came back a few few years ago to play those games after Christmas, I didn't want to be that guy because I saw guys who were in a somewhat similar older, you know, older guys are coming back or whatever, and they come out for testimonials, and they would tell you all that stuff, right? Like appreciates it, it's the best time of your life, and all that sort of stuff, and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, all right, but it really is, and and the one thing I will say is when you Go into the real world, there's obviously, you know, life experiences that you take with you. But the thing that you you miss is, especially when you play hockey, and it doesn't matter if you're Jim, Jim Vandermeer, who played 500 games in the NHL, or, you know, Andrew Dixon, who learned his career the way he did. Like, we've all had somewhat similar journeys. So the reason why I call that out is that there is a camaraderie of being around people that, have a similar drive to yourself and especially when you're on successful teams um you know it's just it's just so special to be be in that environment and when you step into the real world yeah there's an aspect of working for a company and 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 trying to sort of be profitable and all those sort of things um but you you don't get that anywhere else um and you know these friendships and these life bonds that you get they're just you know when you've been away from the game for a few years you realize how special some of those people were in your life um, and those memories. And I just think that it's important, right? It's, it's you know, it's kitschy and I were talking about it and, and Laura or whatever. And 
you know, I go back to what you guys are talking about there, right? Like, obviously, there was those, I think the Giants lost like four games in a row there. And yeah, that's that's frustrating and, and that's disappointing. But what I would say to, to, to sort of go back to that is like, I mean, I remember my time with the Giants. And yeah, obviously, anytime you lose four games is disappointing. But because the organization is at such an elite level now, that panic button is, is a little bit closer to being pushed because the expectation of winning is so high. Um, and what I would say is that, and I, and I didn't think I'd get to this point, but I would say that there's absolutely the right to have an opinion on, on social media and things like that when it comes to sort of how you interact with players. But one of the things I would say is someone who's like, let's call a space page, like I don't tweet or do anything like that anymore and I just follow along the scores. But, you know, sometimes I see stuff online. I'm like, if that guy's reading that, he's very aware of the fact that he turned over the park or, or something along those lines. And respectfully, like, I don't know, it's, it's not so much with the giants, but there's certain organizations I see that, and I don't know how we got to this tangent, but like, those are the things that I just think that we all need to take a step back on and be like, especially with what happened last month with, with, uh, with the tragedy in Sheffield. Like, I think we all just need to be very thankful that we are so blessed to have the relationships. I mean, you, know, you guys, like I haven't spoken to you in a couple of months and we can hop right back into a conversation. And it's it's so great that I still have these relationships with people like yourself. And I see Sis in Boston and you go right back to that. And I just think that, you know, I don't want to get my guitar out and start singing Kumbaya, but I just think that we should all be very, <laughs> we should all be very thankful that we have these friendships, we have these relationships, we have these experiences, whether you're a player going to the rink, you know, on a Tuesday morning in Dundonald, which isn't fun in the depths of the winter, or a fan who's excited to go to a game on a Saturday. I just think we just all need to be very thankful of what we have and, and everything that happened, you know, in Sheffield. It was it was very, you know, tragic or whatever. But I just I just think that that's, that's something I just, when, when Siz reached out and asked me to join, it just, that was one thing that came to mind is that we're all, we're all just very lucky to have this sport, especially in in, in, in the UK where it is a minority sport and, I think because it is a minority sport, we're all very defensive of it in, in a really good way. We're very protective of the sport in the UK and how much we love it and the time and the dedication as fans and, and players and everyone involved. And I just think that, you know, I just think we're all very lucky to have the sport and, and an organization that is a specialist, the Giants and others around the Elite League as well, that, um, you know, it's a blessing that we have have this outlet to, to be a player or, or to be a fan. I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think that sometimes it's good to call those things out because, you know, you guys are living it, right? You're going to the games, you're following the games, you're following the stats or whatever, but like I follow it in a different way, right? Like I'm following on Twitter and the occasional webcast and um, yeah, I just I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I want to stay on a, on a similar tangent then, Boxy, because the, those those memories and those relationships kind of help you in the transition into the real world, if you like. I, I'm dead interested in the psychology. I struggle in my own life with the, the after the lights went out, there's a brilliant podcast sure. about pro athletes that go into the real world and you're no longer Johnny Boxel, the hockey player, you're Johnny Boxel, something else, you know, that, that transition, how do you deal with it? You know, after the lights go out, what do you find to replace that? How do you scratch that itch? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good question, right? So I think that respectfully, I, I was, I mean, I'm not definitely not going to say lucky because it was a horrible time, but like, if you remember, I stopped playing and then the season started and then everything shut down due to COVID. So it was almost as though like respectfully and, and you know, there was other guys that were in that horrible position of like the game was taken from them due to that yeah. horrible virus that we don't want to talk anymore about. Um, so I think that that was, you know, a different situation that it wasn't 
you know, a scenario where you stop playing and then you see a full season, you see a team winning trophies and, and that's something to consider. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of went out, obviously we didn't win the Grand Slam, but like the, that last season and, you know, I, I've talked about it before, right? Playing in Belfast for two years and, and, and leaving the way I did and going to Milton Keynes and experiencing that and then coming back to Belfast and having that amazing season. Like I kind of got what I wanted out of the game in a way. And, and I was very, just very appreciative of that second opportunity to come back. Um, it's hard. Like there's guys that, that, that struggle with it. I'm not going to name names, but that's when you kind of rely on those people that you played with and, and, you know, picking up the phone and keeping in the communication with them. And I mean, we're probably going to get on the subject, but like, I haven't seen Matt Nickerson in, in quite some time, right? Like couple, at least a couple years pre COVID. Um, and he came up to Boston to see, to see Simon and, and Blake and everyone. And, and he came and stayed at my house and it was just so great to spend time with him and laugh about old stories and just shenanigans. And, and I'm sure Sis is going to want to hear the story, but um, or me to tell. No, story. no, I, I know the story. Everybody else wants to hear the yeah, story. Yeah. Tell it. So, so the thing that Nick and I always laugh about, especially me, is like his first year in the league was my first year in the league as well, but my first year pro. And obviously like, big guy, big beard, scary mohawk. Like I'm coming from playing division three college. Like I'd never literally, I don't think I'd ever seen a human being like Matt Nickerson before, let alone played <laughs> against one. And, um, you know, my first year was stretching next to each other. And he obviously looks at me and he's not, you know, intimidated by me because I'm, I'm not a threat to him. So we actually started talking on the red line and, um, you know, everyone else in my team was kind of taken back by it, taken back by that. But you know, obviously he played a certain way and, you know, he's fighting all our tough guys and he has that persona. But as anybody knows, like Matt Nixon off the ice is, is a great person. But what was amazing was when he was at my house, he's there. He's there with his son. And, and I've obviously got my two girls now and we're kind of full, full dad mode, right? Like chasing the kids around. And he became very friendly with my eldest daughter, Ophelia. And we brought her up for a nap and she insisted that he came up with us. And her new thing is to ask everybody who puts her down for a nap to sing a song and tell her a story. Well, with that being said, myself and nicka were stood there she's in bed and we, we ended up just singing organically together twinkle twinkle little star and i'm literally singing this song in like 10 seconds into it and all my mind can go to is like if someone had said to me 10 years ago that <laughs> i would be good in my bedroom next to this guy singing twinkle twinkle <laughs> to, my, to my daughter like you just you'd never never think that but um you know it's those kind of relationships and those memories and things you look back on and, and at the time you kind of whatever reason you, you looked at it a different way, but you're just, yeah, it's, it's, it's mainly just the friendships and those experiences and, and kind of looking back on the game in the right way, I think is, is crucial. And there's, there's obviously unfortunate situations where people don't get to leave the game they wanted and the way they wanted, but it is hard. Like I don't, I'm not going to show the show it. It is hard. And um, I think it's important that you do your best to maintain those relationships. That's something that, you know, I've, I've tried to work hard on is, you know, keeping in communication, people following the team. And yeah, I think it, it is, it is hard and people handle it in different ways. And um, yeah, it's, it's something that doesn't get, didn't get spoken about a huge amount. And I think now we live in a certain world where, you know, mental health and things like that are a lot more spoken about. And I think that that's a really good thing. Um, but when it comes to people leaving the game, like it is hard. And I just hope that players who are playing now and it's you know when you're on a losing skid or, or, or doing certain things it's hard but you just need to be thankful for those time and and embrace it and embrace those those memories and experiences that you have with with your teammates and, and friends and, and people all around the organization because you're not going to get it anywhere else question in from 
Uh, and Adam Keith, who says, uh, "Do you want to play this weekend? Did you have a barrel?" If he needs me, <laughs> we are short, really, Mitt. We are short. He must be really desperate if he's actually seriously asking that question. And, and no, I've I'm doing everything I can to <laughs> to prevent having a barrel. But um, yeah, Keith, if you need me, you know my number. Give me a call. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> How, uh, how, much fun, how much more fun was that when you know you did you you stepped in there the other season and just just for a few temporary games you were obviously back and you asked and you played a few games how much fun was it to have that opportunity even temporarily just to come in and play a few games that was awesome i mean it was something i literally never thought i would ever do again um and the fact that you know the team was doing well and and you know that that was a nice environment to, to step into um yeah, I mean, it literally was just something I, I just never thought would happen, right? I'd kind of pretty much closed that book on and that experience in my life. So I, you know, to go back to what we said earlier, like I really went in there to a try and help the team in any way I could, but sort of just enjoy it, right? And and and, and I'm and I'm lucky that that was um, that that was was a good experience, and and the the organization was was very gracious to allow me to do that. But um, no, it was it was really cool. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, I think we've all seen it. Talk us through this. What's he talking about, Sean? Let's have a look. Uh, there's, a, there's a comment as you were speaking there, Kevin. Again, from oh, an Adam Keith of Glen Gormley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see him crawl to the bench again mid-shift. Yeah, I was trying to block us, trying to get the puck out, Adam. I made sure that we didn't get scored on. I remained I remained even for over my four games. So, yeah, the story there is obviously, you know, not playing at that level. You know, your endurance isn't as high. And I got hemmed in the D zone. And the only way to get the get the puck out was I had to slide, and and I, I ended up having to basically crawl back to the bench. But um, I will say this: I ended it the way I wanted to, which was a block shot in Nottingham. So um, and we won that game. That's so, right. Yeah, but me, right. but me crawling to the bench is something that, unfortunately, we're talking about old stories and memories. That's definitely something that Adam's not going to let me live that down. I think he actually clipped it and showed it in the room the next day. <laughs> the guys, oh yeah. Boxy, you talked about um, uh, the kids, obviously uh, Ophelia and Ali. Um, and I mean, I've, I mean, if anybody's, I, I know you, you don't post a lot of photographs on social media with them, but if you're talking about kids that are absolute doubles of their parent, I mean, I know Jasmine looks a wee bit like me, but mm. I mean, Ophelia is your absolute double, um, and you can see how much that. Being a dad means to you as well. Um, I was lucky enough to spend a bit of time with you in, in Boston there a few weeks, the last week and the week before. Um, but coming away from the game, and you've already talked about that there is guys that miss it maybe more than others and maybe not dealing with it as as, as well as others. Um, I'm sure having the two kids and obviously Alyssa uh, around all day, every day is uh, something that you're very grateful for. Yeah, definitely. And, and what's exciting about it is that Ophelia loves to skate. Um, she's she's really into it and she likes watching hockey. And, and Laura very kindly brought her over um, a, a pink Giants jersey. So she wears that. And Taff, when I was back last time, gave me some stickers. So she's got Giants stickers on her helmet. Um, but no, yeah, being, being a dad is, is being great. It has been a great experience. What I would say is I definitely have a newfound respect for guys that I played with who were parents and also had newborn newborn babies during that time because it is hard it's challenging um it's very rewarding but you know i think back to some of the guys that literally had babies during the season 
yeah, I mean, I definitely have a definitely have a newfound respect for for those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, even even going back to Nicker, right? And, and I know Kiefer's got got kids now. Like, it definitely changes you. And 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 it was great to see Nicker. Um, you know, I know he's how happy he is being with, being a dad. And that goes back to that point of those friendships, right? Like Mike Radger, like I haven't spoken to him in a while, and and I know that him and Molly had a baby. Um, you know, in the last year or so. So just just things to connect like with that and. You know, Higgy's got his two boys now, and Higgy's actually the godfather of Ophelia. So, yeah, I mean, these are guys that, you know, you step in in August, September, you've played, maybe played against them or never met them before, and you spend nine months with them. Whether you win, you lose, these are relationships you have for life, and that kind of speaks to us talking here today and, and, and kind of where we all are in, in our experiences. And, um, yeah, I just think we're all um, – we should be very thankful for what we have. Maybe I'm just rolling over Thanksgiving and all the thankfulness in my life, but, um, yeah. It's important. It's important. It's it is. important. It is. Yeah. Listen, uh, we talked about the. Remember the story you were saying about Nicker and you, and there was a bit of a melee in front of Lynette. You've got to tell that one. You talk about the Kevin Kevin Westgarth one. Is that the Kevin Westgarth? Yeah. All right. So Kevin Westgarth. Sorry, sorry, Kevin Westgarth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. It's all right. Um, so <laughs> we're playing. This was when I was playing in Nottingham, and uh, obviously Westgarth is is playing in Belfast. And we're both on the ice together and we're both playing right wing. So he dumps the puck in or someone dumps the puck in and he's coming down the flying down the right side. And it was the end where boomerang corner is and Kowalski goes around the net to pick the puck up. So I definitely am not going to say he, he meant to hit him, but he made contact with him. So Kowalski goes feet go from underneath him and uh, yeah, people who were at the game might remember it. Well, the important thing to know is that I'm on the other side. And I'm back checking as hard as I can coming down what is the other side of the ice because we're both right wingers. And he makes contact. He comes around the net. And as a veteran guy, his first thing to do is put his head up and he's scanning the ice looking for who is someone going to jump him, right? Like, is someone going to want to do something about Kevin Westgarth hitting the goalie? So I'm flying back. And I am the first person that he makes eye contact with. And he literally <laughs> locks eyes with me. And looked at me for about a second as if like, are you the one? Like, are you gonna are you gonna do this? <laughs> and I literally made eye contact with this guy. And the only thing I could do was I just buried my head down and just skated <laughs> away. But the hilarious part is I actually saw him in a bar after a Bruins game because he works for the NHL, um, works for the NHL now. And I told him that story and he actually remembered it. And my exact words I said to him was in my head. When that happened, he came flying around the net, looking up the ice, who's going to jump me, who wants to fight. I literally, in my head, said to myself, this is no joke, I said, not tonight, Kevin, not me. <laughs> my head down. And that was that. So nobody fought him. Um, and yeah, that was my that was my story with Kevin Westgarth that I told Sis. The, like you say, you know, the connections of these guys, you, you, you've mentioned so many names there, you know, the Belfast Datsuk, who is who's up there. And, you know, you talk about Nick, you talk about you know, Kevin Westgrove. Talk about One, let, let's pick up a bit of news today. Um, the Minnesota Wild will be in Boston on Christmas Eve and um, with a new assistant coach on the bench in Patrick Dwyer. Do you know, do, do you, you know, you're obviously a championship winner with yourself in Belfast. Do, do, do you, regain these things you would like would you go to the boston game and say give give paddy dwyer a shout um well i hope keep is still watching because yes i would absolutely if it's free and i can get tickets to the Bruins <laughs> game i'm definitely going to reach out to pat dwyer so i hope i hope keep um 
Yeah, no, look, he he was, first of all, he was an incredible hockey player. I actually saw the video, um, I forget which outlet it was, I saw on Twitter, where the puck went in his shorts and he put, yeah, that was that, 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 was, that was posted again. Um, I'm not surprised, right? Like, he, he really, you know, was an amazing hockey player, but had that sort of really smart hockey mind. Um, when he was coaching in the American League, I was actually hoping to see him um, when he was coaching against Springfield and it didn't work out, but... Yeah, we, we still speak occasionally, maybe once or twice a year, but I'm not surprised. And, and I'm very, very, very happy for him. He was, he was a great guy and um, great teammate, unbelievable player, great family man. And um, yeah, I mean, I just I didn't know that. So thank you for sharing that with me. I've been I haven't had a chance to, to check my phone today much. But um, yeah, that's that's an awesome, awesome accolade for him and his family and, uh, and well deserved. It's one of those, especially, you know, when you see these players, like from our point of view, when you see players like, you know, yourself, you know, we're glad you come back on. But then when you see also, you know, the likes of Patrick Dwyer, who we know is um, taking these opportunities as well in within the game, have stayed within the game and has climbed within the game to that. It's just, you know, the, you, like you said, he was a remarkable player in Belfast and no doubt a remarkable teammate. And, you know, it's fabulous that he's been given this opportunity. Yeah, it's awesome. And, um, yeah. But I didn't, as I said, I didn't know that. And um, I'm definitely going to have to send him a message after this and say congrats. Yeah. Good Christmas Eve, mate. What a way to spend it. The... <laughs> and I'll be looking at the Bruins schedule to see when Minnesota comes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christmas Eve in, in Boston. In Boston. Um, do you keep yourself on the ice? Like, listen, don't get me wrong. I see what you do on Strava. You need to up the, the cycling a bit, mate. You know, you're not, it, it hasn't I'll, been going I'll pass well. that message on to Alyssa. I, I bought myself a new bike, but with two kids, it's, it's not as easy to do. But I will make sure that message gets back to her. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll up my Strava activity. <laughs> but do you, do you keep on the ice to keep yourself in shape for, for – I'm basically just trying to see if you're going to be back this Christmas. Yeah, um, I do. Yeah, I do play. I mean, I'll be honest with you, my, my time on ice is more – around sort of you know helping ophelia and um sort of spending time with her on the ice we're very lucky there's a rink in east boston um which is like a five minute drive from us and they have open ice between 1 30 and 3 30 every day and i work from home so if my calendar is available um i'll take her out there and, and she pretty much has the ice to herself so that's really where where my time is spent um spent now with her but um no i i'm i saw kyle barn when we were in you know, he's, he lives in Boston now and I still speak to him, you know, quite frequently and I might be joining their league um, for the for the winter. But um, but yeah, no, I, I try and play as much as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, with the weather getting cold, I'll be I'll be looking to do more of that for sure. Well, unless the, the lads have anything more to ask. I know, Dave, you were definitely trying to find that block, weren't you? I, it's, I've, I've got his last ever pro shift, but it's um, it's it's on. I can't share it. Oh yeah. on... just, just, just make sure you don't show the one of me crawling to the bench. Let's try and delete that. Let's... Oh no, we're gonna we'll find, find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. We'll, we'll find Keith it. Was it? Was it? Was it a... has got that in a special file somewhere. <laughs> Keeper's cracking me up here. He's absolutely killing me. So he's probably asking you really inappropriate questions as well about. Oh, they're they're all they're public. Are they a fourth line in the beer league? <laughs> yeah, they... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get on. You can speak to Bonner. Get me on that team, Kiefer. I need to be on that team. <laughs> one last question before before we let you go. It's one that I, I want to ask you know, when, when we speak to you guys and the guys who have been part of the Giants. What is it that makes you a Belfast Giant? And I really don't want to give like a wishy-washy adjective right now. Um, I think it 
playing against them, you could see very quickly, you know, there's the, the classic cliches. You could, you could very, very quickly identify that that team meant more to the city than anywhere else in the, in the, in the league. I think that's important to know. Um, and I'm not just saying because he's obviously doing what he's doing in the chat, but like when you're around playing with people like Adam Keith and, you know, Steve Thornton and people like that and the time they invest and the culture that they've built, like that's kind of why you guys are investing the time scrutinizing, losing four wins in a row and that the level of sort of expectation is what it is within the organization because people care as much as they do and the culture is what it is. Um, and that's a great thing, right? Like the fact that the people are frustrated that there's losses and there is expectations now for trophies. Um, it, it's a real privilege to play, play for that organization, play in that city and, and, you know, get the experiences that you get because there's so much, so much invested into that team, whether it's fans and players and organizations. So um, it just, it's hard to put into one word what it what it is. I just think that the people who do well in the Giants as an organization, and it's not points and scoring and all that sort of stuff. The people who do well from an experience and, and have successful time there on and off the ice are the people that just kind of, you've got to read the room very quickly and see what the culture is. And the culture is what it is for a very good reason because there's a lot of time that's been invested into getting to what be what it is. And those that do really well are those that, figure out what they can do to help the team, but specifically like, what is this organization? And and people, the time that the organization invests in figuring out who the right people are, that's why they have success, right? And I figured, you know, those four games I came back and played, that was what I could see within 20 seconds being back in the room. It was like, everyone in this room, I don't know them very well. I've, some of them I've never met before, but like, they've all been brought here for the right reasons and they get why they're here and the importance of the nine months they spent with the team and the organization. Um, so I think that that, I think that's really what it is, is that there is a culture there and there's a culture for the right reasons. And it's a privilege to play there. And, and, and those that, those that sort of work with that do really well. And it's great to see that, you know, a very, very high number of players that have come through that organization do that. So, um, oh, is this it? Is this my, Oh, is this, 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 this okay? This is this is not the crawling. We close with the uh, with the uh, with the shift, Davey. That this is there's something a wee bit. Hopefully not final about it, but there's just something. This is Boxy's last shift and his Belfast Giants uniform. His his previous his last shift, not maybe not his last shift, but his last time. Oh, it's the last thirteen seconds, eighteen seconds, and a fabulous seven-two win. Never a bad lose. Never a bad win, and nothing. Teams. Yeah, that was the other ironic part. Is that's where I started everything, right? You know. So. Yeah. There you go. Last right. man to touch the puck in that game, too. Did you bring that puck home? I did not. I think I. I think I think that year they were sort of. I don't know. I don't know what I did with that puck. But yeah, no. Great night, and my parents were there, and you know it was it was very very special. So very much appreciative of that. Boxy, listen, we really appreciate your time. We really appreciate you joining us. For some reason, says it stopped out there. No, you're back. Yeah, we, we really appreciate your time. Listen, you, you know that you're one of the most popular people who've ever played for the Giants. We we love you on this show. We, we love seeing you back in Belfast. We love that when you come back and play, come back and see us. 
we'll, we'll definitely will be back and Alyssa and I are talking about a trip um, at some point in the new year. So we will we'll definitely be over and hopefully we can bring the girls as well because I definitely want them to kind of experience what we experienced in Belfast and make that a big part of their lives as well moving forward. Fantastic. Take care, Boxy. Cheers, guys. Good seeing you all. Thanks, Boxy. Cheers, Boxy. Big thanks to Jonathan Boxo for taking oh. the time. What a, you know, I, you, I love those types those sort of conversations when you take a guy like that who is so invested in the Belfast Giants, so invested in you know winning championships, winning games. We've seen him put his body on the line time and time again, Davey. We've seen the blocks in the Challenge Cup final. We've talked about it like that, but you can see his love for the organization and, and for him to take the time. What was that? 15, 20 minutes of of just Not talking about <laughs> And the rest. This, this, look at the state of me. I'm I'm already a quite an emotional, unstable at the minute. <laughs> dear sake, between keeper making me near wet myself laugh and boxy nearly making me cry with the emotions of what it must be like. My goodness, what it must be like to be a Belfast giant. Like, you know, we can. I can only dream about these things. I've said it. I've said it to death. You know, yeah, these guys represent us because we're not good enough. And I used to say to guys that played, I know this is a completely different level, I used to say to kids and guys that came to play for Dundalland, because that was my Man United, enjoy this because this is this means so much to so many people. To be able to represent Dundalland was as high as I could go at football. And it meant the world to me. And imagine being a Belfast giant with the love that we have two decades plus invested in this club, heart and soul. And for those guys to come and represent our city from all over the world. And then to go back to North America. And in their heart, they're still Belfast Giants. That means the world to me. Like, I can't even put it hardly into words what that means. It's just... Great hug. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it, it is a real, it's just, it's, it's something. This club has done something very special. And I'm sure, like... The other nine teams in the Elite League now and other teams that have been in the league, league have certain elements within and the Steelers family and all this good stuff. There's just something very special about Belfast. I don't know on the stats of the number of guys that have come to Belfast and ended up staying in Belfast, Marion, compared to other cities. I don't know whether the culture is the same. I don't know whether Sheffield have got 20 guys that have came through their ranks and now live in Sheffield. I just don't know what the numbers are. So I'm just speculating. But it just feels like there's something about Belfast that gets under people's skin and just like gets on their mind too. Miss Fantastic. It. I'm sure it says from your point of view, you were in you were in Boston just the other week. You saw Boxy there and it's facilitated this, but you're seeing some of the other boys. And it's nice to hear him talk about catching up with the other boys. Yeah, no, absolutely. They've been a great afternoon. And singing twinkle great. twinkle little star. <laughs> that was funny. Um I mean with the big Matt Nickerson, Chris Higgins, Saviano, mm-hmm. um Bobby Farnham, Patrick Mullen. Uh, Spiro, Kai Bomb, you know, it, we, it was brilliant afternoon. Um, and just again, seeing guys that you haven't seen for three, four, five years, and then all of a sudden, it's you know, it's it's just like it was only yesterday. So you're still having a bit of crack with them, a bit of banter. Um, and uh, yeah, they were, it was great to see them all. So it's been. Um, David just touched on it there. We're very lucky to be part of this absolutely wonderful club, and. Um, that's that they said they wouldn't last so you know we're, we're doing all right we're doing all right we have indeed we are indeed um <clears throat> right let's crack on gents there's a few more things just to cover before we wrap things up and not least the news that came today of a new signing cameron pound a 24 year old d-man from solihull who's been in canada since with 2013 um he 
under 20 GB International and is, uh, has played the, the last few seasons for St. Mary's University over in Canada. Um, he spoke on his arrival with our very own Mr. Simon Kitchen. The Belfast Giants' latest signing, Cameron Pounds, uh, arrived in the country. Uh, Cameron, welcome to Belfast. Um, it's been uh, uh, certainly one of those uh, drawn out. Uh, Adam and, and Steve have been on to it quite a bit to get you uh, sorted, but you must be glad to be in Belfast now. Oh, yeah, I'm really excited to get going here with the guys. Uh, just met the staff here today, and uh, everything looks just incredible. I can't wait to get going. Your dad played in the UK quite a few years ago. Um, obviously, you're a, uh, your class is a Brit, which is a lot better as well um, for the team, and uh, young Brits are very, very hard to come by. Um, so tell us a bit about yourself and uh, how your career has led to coming into Belfast. Yeah, uh, originally born and raised in Solihull, the UK. I left home at... Uh, 14 to go play in Canada, so it's my first time home in 10 years, so I'm I'm really excited to play in front of my family and friends again. They're, you're hoping they're maybe going to make the trip over this weekend, or at uh, least the one of the games this weekend? I think my dad's going to try to convince my mom to come up and uh, squeeze a game in or two, so yeah, he's, he's definitely excited to come see me play. So you've been playing the last couple of years in U Sports, uh, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I uh, just wanted to get my education and still play some high-level hockey, so I played at uh, St. Mary's University in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, just finished up my degree there, and uh, now I'm all, all set to play over here. You start your pro career. Yeah. Um, you're hoping to be in the lineup this weekend. Uh, away to Glasgow Friday, home to Sheffield on Sunday. Have you been following the EIHL over the last while? Yeah, uh, since, since I... Uh, Came into contact with uh, Belfast, I for sure started uh, keeping an eye on the league and um, definitely excited to see the competition here. Um, have you watched any of the games recently as well? Yeah, I uh, watched both games this weekend. Uh, good good sweep of the weekend, so uh, it's nice to join the team when there's a bit of a hot streak going. So. Um, the, obviously, you know a couple of boys in the room as well, which makes it a little bit easier to bed yourself in. Yeah, it'll be a slightly easier transition knowing a couple of the guys like Frender and uh, Sean and uh, Kohei. So, uh, It'll be a bit of a bit of a reunion. It's been a couple of years since I've seen some of the guys, but uh, it'll be nice to meet them and uh, get going with them. Tom and Sean, this or no, not Sean, Cameron. Uh, thanks for for joining us, and I uh, we'll look forward to seeing you Friday. Thank you. Thanks to thanks to Cameron Pound. Well done, says thanks for getting that interview. Um, as he said, you know uh, his dad, Sully Hall, Basingstoke, Sly Jets. You know had a, had a career of his own. Uh, within the uh, within the, uh, the the British game, but obviously uh, Cameron himself says he's been out in in Canada, sort of you know honing his own game, and now he comes back to Belfast to show us what he can do. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, I played against his dad. His dad was at Solihull when I was playing against him. Um, big unit, and you know, it's uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. But it, you know, it's no no. Uh, Secret that we've been short on bodies here. We've, we've obviously Miles Gendron was hurting Saturday night. Not sure what the the timeline is with him, and you know you're still missing Ben Lake, Mark Arside, uh, West Jacko, or sorry Jackson is the same person. Uh, Deco, um, and then you've got obviously uh, a couple of others out as well. It's just you run out of run out of list of names, and I ain't to write everything down. But um, hopefully we're going to start getting them back very very soon. But um, it's uh, it's great to have another. Uh, guy, and again, you know, a young Brit um, in the team. So hopefully, he can he can get ready to go on Friday and um, see what he can do at the weekend. D man, 
Davey coming in. Brett is, uh, as as says, you know, it's um, you know, we saw how valuable these guys are to us, and if he can fulfil the potential that he seems to be coming in with, he's really one to watch. Absolutely, and I think Simon and and, and himself referenced in the in the interview. This isn't something that's been done as a knee jerk reaction to the injuries we've had in the last couple of weeks. This has been something that's been in the in the pipeline for a while. I love to watch Twitter. I see the Panthers announced the player this afternoon and it's all amazing, great new player, blah, blah, blah. And the Giants and someone and it's like wage cap, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Pipe down. <laughs> Good luck, Cameron. Looking forward to seeing you in the skates. Between, yeah. you know, between check and, and pound, you know, sure. We can do that <laughs> so it's just money, money, money. <laughs> um, right, let's move on. And I'm going to hit this point with an apology. A fourth and frank apology okay. um normally what happens when we do the player of the month is we try to oh, yes. award the player of the month and i try to get the photograph and then a package all up we're now on the 20th of november and through a feeling of my own the player of the month has not been awarded in person as of yet and nor have we spoke about it on this pod because normally i let it be awarded before we speak about it and then last week i forgot to send a text message to say that be awarded so i'm going to talk about it uh, that the October uh, Player of the Month, the View from the Bridge Player of the Month, sponsored by Funacab, by a country mile, was Kieran Long, 57.5% of the vote. And, Davey, I'll start with you. It was incredibly well-deserved. Oh, mate, that, they're the sort of numbers Jamie Bryson would die for in a vote like that, to be <laughs> honest. Like, it's it's uh, superb, look, he had an absolutely great month. I'm only saying that because I see you're never off his Twitter, the wee lads I love hiding, hiding, <laughs> hiding in his attic to get away from you. Um, listen, Longer had an absolutely fabulous month. Goals, assists, hits, blocks. He did a lot. Played forward, played defence. I've seen he got a front room full of nappies for, for his uh, rewards. So let's get that trophy awarded to him because he deserves to have it for a week or two before he has to hand it back. Unless well done, wins. Longer. Absolutely. So, unless he wins it again, of course. Simon? Again, thoroughly deserved. He was excellent in October. Um, it's that long ago. I can't really remember what he did, but he was excellent. Um, <laughs> you know, he got two goals in the Champions League game, and I remember that because it was actually right in the puck side today. Um, the butch will go on sale the OSC this on Saturday night. But it's uh, like <laughs> he, he's an important player. You just don't realize how important he is with the flexibility of being able to play a forward and D. Um, I mean, this weekend he, he was very, very good playing defense, and on Sunday when um. Uh, actually, Saturday and Sunday, a bomber out on Saturday, and then they play with five day on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, really, really important player for us, and uh, yeah, soon to be daddy as well. So, you know, yeah, hopefully, yeah. he gets plenty of sleep because he's going to need it. One hundred percent. So, yes, I am culpable for this, Kieran Long, and I apologise for that. You, congratulations, you are the, uh, the View from the Bridge Player of the Month for thanks October. Thanks, and a big thanks to Phonocab for sponsoring the award. Um, We'll have to award the will have to award the uh, November one next week now. <laughs> That's absolutely exactly. I'm going to, have to go straight <laughs> into the November one and talk about it. Um, no dops, a bit of news. No dops. Uh, well done, everybody. Keep your nose clean. Um, I'm only going to do one real piece of news, uh, and that's to discuss. You'll never believe this, but the Challenge Cup group stages are still going on. Um, there's one more game to be played. That is on Wednesday night between the Sheffield Steelers and the and the Manchester Storm. It does have repercussions for the Belfast Giants, um, so much so that there was a um, a PDF produced by the uh, by the Elite League. I'll bring it up because there are some permutations. If I can just zoom in on that, 
that the game will decide where Belfast and Sheffield sit with regards to seedings. Ultimately, as far as I can tell, the only tiebreaker is going to be goals scored, assuming that the Sheffield win the game. If Sheffield do not win the game, Belfast Giants will be top seed. If Sheffield do win the game, we're going through all these sort of you know number of points, number of games, some things we can't do because obviously the Nottingham Panthers have withdrawn from the Challenge Cup, so we've uneven amount of games played. So it goes to goals scored and goal difference. I think Belfast, from a top seed perspective, probably would require a, a storm victory uh, to sort of cement it because I think a Sheffield victory will put them as top seed. And we've seen in the last number of seasons how important that is with regards to holding knockout stages. We will see uh, how that transpires. I also believe that an overtime win for the Manchester Storm really throws a spanner in the works for trying to organise who's playing who. So that could be entertaining. Um, but yeah, the game is tomorrow and that will decide sort of who uh, where, where Belfast and Sheffield sit with regards to the seedings. There is one game that's already been decided that is between Guildford and Fife, um, but the rest still have to be decided. Um, I don't know if you boys want to make any comments on that. It's all very sort of straightforward and boring. It's it's given me like an aneurysm just trying to read that. That I understand completely. There has to be some form of tiebreak, but I can be so goal scored in a in a skewed amount if one team's played a different amount of games. The other it just makes no sense. Correct. It's difficult. It's difficult. If, if, if regulation if regulation wins aren't a tiebreak because one team's played more than another, then how can goals scored be when you've had more time on ice? It doesn't make any anyway. That's the thing that sorry, let's let's bring that up. Sorry, just I know you've made that point. That's a very good one as well. But it's like regulation wins are the tiebreaker. So it's total number of points are a tiebreaker. Total number of games won in regulation time is the second one. Assumed assume Sheffield win in regulation to be tied. Number of games won again tied. And the results of games not possible because they didn't play each other in the group stages. Fierce regulation losses tied again, uneven amount of games played. Uh, and then we go with the using so the not possible as Sheffield had an unbalanced schedule, so we'll count the amount of goals scored. It's nonsense. It, there has to be a tie break. I think it'll go into more detail if we we'll go to a quarterfinal, semifinal, final stage for the final season. But there is there has to be a way of determining it, and you and it would be unfair to penalize Sheffield because Nottingham have withdrawn. So it it, it is, yeah, so yeah, that's it. Paper says, oh, but anyway, says is asleep. So that's this is paper stone. It's going to be uh, Christmas and we're going to be none the wiser. One, on one, a storm. One last, I'm on the storm. One last thing to do before we uh, before we move on to the last bit of the show uh, is the league standings. Uh, Sheffield Steelers are top with Cardiff then. Dundee in third place, 13 games played and uh, 15 points. Storm, 14 games played, 15 points. Belfast, 13 and 14 points. Uh, just ahead of the clan and the Flyers. The Nottingham Panthers are in eighth with eight games played, 12 points. And the Coventry Blaze and the Guilford Flames on 10th and 9th. Um, a few surprises in there. I think it seems that Dundee have gone on a real run in the league, despite the fact that they started quite slowly and they've got themselves up in the third. We have a mishmash of you know, points played, but you, you can throw a blanket over a lot of that. I look. You can see where we went from last weekend to where we are now. Where the Panthers went from to where they are now. They only played one game and got hosed. So, like you know, don't be boasting on Twitter. Don't be getting too sad on Twitter. It'll be okay. Uh, 
Two games this weekend for the Belfast Giants. Uh, we are in Glasgow on Friday night at 7.30 at the Brayhead Arena to take on the minuscule clan. Um, you'll get that on Clan TV if you're not making the trip over. And then you, we we have the first visit of the season uh, of the Sheffield Steelers here to the SFE Arena. Um, obviously, the game that took place just a couple of weeks ago, as we mentioned earlier, didn't really go our way. This is the first time the Giants have to, a bit of retribution. Um, we spoke, or I spoke, sorry, earlier on with a good friend of us here on A View From The Bridge and now the host of the, the ever-popular three-on-three podcast. But first and foremost, a, a Sheffield Steelers fan. That is our good friend, David Grant. How are you doing, David? I'm not bad, Paddy. How are you, mate? Doing very well. Good to see you. Um, thanks for joining us. Obviously, you know, you're hosting the three on three podcast with, with Scott and with John, but what we've brought you here on your, uh, the, the, the Sheffield Steelers leaning that you have. Um, obviously, Steelers riding high, uh, top of the league and playing really, really well. Give us your uh, perspective of the Sheffield Steelers so far this season. It's been, it's been entertaining. It's, it's, it's whereas before you go, there's, some, there's been good players, but sometimes it's been flat. This year so far, it's across all the lines. It's been very entertaining, and I think it's helped produce some some of the scorelines because you've not got a, like a traditional first line, the go-to, and their fingers from, from there. You've got three lines that can any one day be that top line. So you yeah. see the scorelines, um, you know, six, five, four in the last five games, you know, in terms of goals scored by us. It's entertaining, um, but also at the same time, it's very much old school toughness at the back, uh, which I don't think I've seen for quite some time. I'm, I'm even thinking Steve Bond Bollybrook days, uh, that level of toughness at the back. <laughs> um, so it's, it's got the it's got the makings, and it's been good to watch so far. I think you know, that was really one aspect that I was going to draw on, mate, is the fact that you look at the scoring and technically we've played more games. So this game, we'll cover this game on, on Sunday in a second, but technically we've played a couple of more games and we have outshot you with regards to uh, the number of goals we scored. But you've only conceded 16 goals in the league, which is less than half of the goals that we've conceded. So obviously, you know, they always say, you know, goals wins games, but defences win championships. And so far this season, the Sheffield Steelers have a defence that are really pushing them towards, you know, battling for that league title. I mean, if you looked at last season in terms of comparison, and, you know, we'll mention Petgrave, you know, 27, 28 minutes or roughly around that per game um, was your leading point scorer, leading plus minus. Mm-hmm. That's, that's reduced significantly. And, and I think that now shows because last year that defence looked a bit, it was capable, but not at the crucial times because maybe the, the better players, the ones you'd go to, were tired. Now it's very even because, you know, the Tanzis, the Saucermans, um, Neverlands, they're all there doing more than just a comedy job. They, they are absolutely keeping everything to the sides and it's giving Greenfield the, the opportunity to do the stats that he's got so far. Well, there you go. There's the other name you threw in there is is Matthew Greenfield and and the fact that you know he was one of the standout players last while and he is standing on his head once again this season. He is, and uh, I always laugh in respect of he was brought in as kind of second to to Osland who got injured and then proved that to be the diamond in the rough and and what a diamond he's been for Sheffield uh, and continuing to do so already this season. So you mentioned their defence win championships and you go back in time in sort of the, the, the early years of the Super League and the, the sorry, Super League and the Elite League and it was always the teams with the best netminder, the best defences 
they could have teams that score, you know, tons of goals. But if, like you've mentioned already, if you've not got the defence or the goalie, like you guys have had over the last few years, you're not going to win anything. Um, Aaron Fox, obviously, you know, he joined in 2019, won the Challenge Cup in that season, which was obviously curtailed league-wise. And we're going into what probably is his third full season uh, as the Sheffield Steelers coach. Is there an inherent pressure, given the organisation, given the success of the organisation, given the, the the faith that they've put in? Because last season, let's be fair, the the, the the potential was there and it fell away. Is there a pressure on Iron Fox to, to really produce this season? I think there's a uh, pressure on any coach any year in Sheffield, but the same in Nottingham, the same in Belfast, maybe now the same in Cardiff. You mentioned Fox. I think there is more because of the, the past couple of years where we've been close, but not close enough. Um, but I think so far, my, my only concern is we've had this run last two years where we've done well before Christmas and we've really done well. And a lot of people are saying, you know, we could be winning everything and then actually winning nothing. Um, so there is pressure. You're absolutely right. But it's, you know, when you have an organisation that demands the success, like the Sheffield, like a Belfast, like a Nottingham, like a Cardiff, that that comes with the job. So he yeah. he's he's kept talked to it so far, but this is I think this is the year where he has to show something. He has to show some faith in, in the ownership to the ownership that's put the faith in him to give him the the big contract a couple of years ago. And he's brought back some players that he obviously had faith in and he faith to the, you know push on to that title, but he has been able to ring the changes. And you mentioned Kevin Tansy there. I think honestly him and, and Colton Sausman could be the two standard could be the Mon and Bollybrook that the Sheffield Steelers really need. I think that them that type of defenseman was what we've missed. Mm. Um, you look at from a Sheffield perspective when we've had tight winning teams, it's always had that tough line of defence where you know if forward's going to get something, make sure you've got the ice packs because you're going to have to earn it. Um, and we've not had that for a while, but I, I agree with we've got that this year. Um, in, in 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 real level of, of toughness, where if you're going to get something, you've earned it, and the types of you tip your cap to. Obviously, the game that took place the other week, uh, Belfast Giants took a bit of shellacking at the hands of the Sheffield Steelers, and we come back this Sunday to face uh, to face Sheffield on on Sunday afternoon, uh, four p.m. in the SSE Arena. What are your thoughts of that game? It's going to be tough. Um, there's a reason why you guys. Well, the many reason why you guys have won back-to-back titles, and one of them is getting points out of the SSC Arena is not an easy task. So, if we can go in, we've got Dundee the night before. I think you guys—that's your only game this weekend coming up. We've won on Friday night against. Oh, you want to find out? My apologies. Um, so, but you at least got—I'm not, not saying that you're throwing the excuses in already, but you got the dress. If we can go in there, you know, and get a point, great. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people would take that. Obviously, you can look for two points, but realistically. If you could get something out of that game, I think Sheffield would be very happy, bearing in mind that then there's no other games to take points off each other till the back end of the season. And before I let you go, mate, uh, obviously the three-on-three podcast has been going, going great guns this season. Started last season, you boys doing a great job. How much fun are you having? A lot of fun. It's, it is the weekly highlight. Um, and even if it's just to, to talk rubbish, shall we say, to, to Scott and John and Vice, as we all do it to each other, um, and it's, it's, it's had a lot of good feedback, you know, your guys, um, especially the episode that you was on, Paddy, um, with a lot of good feedback. And it's it's a lot of fun. And it's it's not something that, you know, it's, it's just three guys talking about sport they love. 
you know, you guys, the, the OGs in terms of podcasts and that, it's the very same similar thing, obviously yours, very Belfast orientated. And it's just the same thing, you know, you talk about something you love. Uh, and we, you know, between myself, John and Scott, there's about 60 odd years. I mean, 50 odd of that's 50 odd of that's John, but, you know, we'll not mention that much. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've got a lot, we've watched the game for a long time and we enjoy the game. So it's a lot of fun. We've had a few good guests. We've got a few more lined up already. Uh, John's doing some stealing work on that front and it's just a blast. It's just a lot of fun. That's it, man. And, and, you know, I think that's where it comes across is the fact that if you can get that sort of chemistry between three friends, just talk about hockey, it becomes very, very listenable. And that's what I got. You know, I've, you've, I've said to you before, you've got a regular listener in myself, as you did last season. And uh, anybody hasn't just at three on three podcast on on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. But uh, it's, you know, it's a three on three po- podcast. Dave, Scott and John do a fantastic job. Mate, good to talk to you. Thanks for spending time with us. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to wish you luck for Sunday. I expect nothing less from you, but thank you for bringing us on. Big thanks to Dave for joining us and giving us insight to the Sheffield Steelers. That game is on Sunday, 4 p.m. at the FSE Arena. How are tickets going, says We had a sellout last week. It's going to be close to the sellout, if not sold out this weekend as well. Get your tickets as quick as you can. Get yourself down to the SSE Arena for that game. Friday, we're away to the clan. Saturday, 4 p.m. at home to the Steelers and once again big thanks to Dave any other business boys I've got to give a shout out to um Arlene Dixon um she's I think she's broke her foot I know she's giving me dogs abuse on the the comments as well um but uh she watches every week um I'm not sure if she's broke her foot or if she's she's torn ligaments or something like that but she came in and do the tour of the uh the, uh, the bench club and the locker room on Saturday and uh, she says, uh, make sure you give me a shout out in the podcast. So uh, that's Arlene sorted. And I sent you a video there, Patty. I'm of, just um, bring it up. Um, what, do, you want, of, do, you want to, do you want to explain before I bring yeah, it up? Absolutely. Well, Boxy was talking about Ophelia's little girl being on the ice. Um, and uh, I think it's fair to say that she is definitely going to be a better skin. So she can see her over there in the corner. Boxy's standing beside her wearing the pink. Belfast Chance jersey. And here she goes. She's going to be a fly machine. It's brilliant. You know what? Seeing, seeing the kids. Oh, listen. Seeing, seeing the kids getting, um, you know, getting out there on the ice and, and doing their best. No hand at all. It's just wearing the same number as Boxy as well. Absolutely brilliant. Just what Matty McLeod said. Get those crossovers going. Get the speed going. Nice <laughs> very, very, very cute. That Very cute. Nice to see it in a, in a, in, a, in the pink Belfast Giants jersey. Big thanks to Boxy for sharing that. Davey, anything from you? Ah, uh, no, just a shout out to Arlene. That, uh, if she's broke her foot, there's certainly nothing wrong with her fingers, that's for sure. She's typing on that. <laughs> was very shouted. You got your shout out. Hope you get well soon, Arlene, whatever the problem is, Kev. Uh, yep, that, well, then with that, gentlemen, we'll start to wrap it up. Um, like we said, Friday away uh, to the, the Glasgow clan, and then Sunday. I don't think it's Saturday, man. We go Sunday at home, 4 p.m. at the SSE Arena. Get yourself down there. And if not, then catch it with Mr. Kitchen on Giants TV. Big thanks to Matty McLeod, Jonathan Boxall, Dave Grant, Petter Check, and Cameron Pound for the time. <laughs> That's weird, huh? Remarkable, isn't it? Um, big thanks to you, gentlemen, as always. Good to chat. Really enjoyed it. Enjoyed uh, all the uh, chat with Boxy and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
you get us at AVF to be on Twitter, kingdomofthegiants.com. Get us on Facebook, <clears throat> all your podcast uh, providers. Drop us a review, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate you guys tuning in or downloading or listening and you know getting in touch and the likes on Twitter and that. It's very much an interactive show. And uh, yeah, with and with that, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network.